Brian Q. Davis, your host, broadcasting from the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. And today's topic is this, holding space and the power of questions. Sit back and relax, and let's get started. What is a question? That's a question about questions. Like, what is really a question? I asked this to a recent uh, class that I was teaching about this idea of a question. What is a question and what does it really do? And I got different answers. I got, well, a question is a request for information. A question is... Uh, a request for something else or it's a a way to find something out. Those are all true. But what a question is in its most powerful form is a device that allows space to be opened. Space to be opened in the mind of another person where new possibilities can arrive or awareness of current realities can be uncovered. It's a device to create an envelope, create a a bubble, if you will, where inside that bubble, this, the other person can consider and see new realities or new perspectives on the current reality. And so as a business development and sales professional, it is incumbent upon you to be a master of questions. You see, selling is not about telling people what you got. That's part of it. But it's really about helping. That's why people have such a bad, like, yeah, people say, I'm not, I don't like salespeople or, I could never be in sales. It's because their experience has been that salespeople are telling them something and trying to convince them of something. And nobody likes to be convinced, as I spoke to in another podcast recently. No one likes to be convinced because it means that their ego has to get involved and basically give up territory to the influence of the other person. No one wants that. No one enjoys that process of being convinced. Instead, elite professionals understand the power of questions, the power of what a question really is, and be able to actually visualize that a question creates a space in a conversation where if if you, as the sales and business development professional, can hold the space that is created by that question, all kinds of possibilities and business can arrive and value can be created in just the conversation. So we're going to talk about some of the questions that are powerful that I use, but it's important to understand that without the ability to hold the space that is created by the question, that the whole game collapses and you end up with nothing other than another sales call that is leaving the other person wondering why did they waste their time. You see, most salespeople 
don't have the internal capacity to hold space. And it's why whenever a client is asked a question and they give one answer that is provide something that the salesperson can jump on or that we can, that you can do, you jump all over it. You say, Oh, we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Well, in that moment you've collapsed the space and what you've done is closed off the opportunity for the person you're speaking to, to find even more possibilities. So there's two concepts we want to talk about here. One is the concept of questions as a device that is used to open space for new possibilities and new paths to be uncovered. The other is once that space is open, the ability and capacity in you to hold that space for the other person so that they can find their own answers and become aware of their current reality. This is really the whole game is that once the conversation has started, your job is to help the other person get clear about where they are. And nothing will get a person to move quicker and to be motivated to move quicker than the painful reality of where they are right now. So how do you get someone to this place? Well, again, it starts by asking questions. And I'm going to share with you some of those questions that I use. And then I'm going to share with you the importance of holding that space and why it's important that you have the mindset that you are going to hold that space like it's life or death. So beginning of a call, first question I always ask, what would be some of your ideal outcomes from today's call? You'll find that oftentimes there can be a scenario where people don't really know what they want to get out of the call. So it makes it impossible for you to deliver an outcome for them. But by simply asking and putting the focus on their needs first, not what you want to present, but putting the focus on their needs first, you immediately create two things. One is an other focus and a, and a feeling that they will feel that you are concerned about their needs. But secondly, you create an opportunity to deliver something, deliver what they want. So by simply asking, what are your desired outcomes from today's call? What would you like to get out of it? They give you what they'd like to get out of it. And now you have a target to deliver a call that meets their expectations. That's step one in starting to deliver value from the initial meeting. Beyond that, then I move into, let's get the person clear about where they are and where they want to go. And that's where I always start the conversation with what would be some of your desired outcomes relative to your business or the project or whatever it might be. What would be some of your desired outcomes? And then shut up. Because a lot of times what you'll find is people don't really know. They haven't really thought about what they actually want. And that's really what we're trying to do is get them clear about what they want so that we have clarity around whether we, A, whether we can deliver it or not, and B, once we do have clarity, giving them a path to get there. What are some of your desired outcomes? And then let them talk. 
And while you're letting them talk, don't talk and don't interrupt their flow. You're creating the space. That, create, that question creates the, splay, the space where they can start to flow. And a lot of times what you'll find is that people will come to that question and they'll go, I, well, I don't, I hadn't really thought about it. Okay. What would be ideal? Oh, well, it'd be really ideal if this happened. Okay. What else? And you're writing down verbatim what they're saying. And every third or fourth one, reading back to them what they've said. You said you there would be this, this would be ideal. You said this would be ideal. And you said this would be ideal. Yes, that's that's right. What else would be ideal? And you keep this loop going until they're basically exhausting of all the different things that would be desired for them. And there's something that happens energetically in the mirroring back of what they are saying they want. Additionally, by focusing on writing verbatim notes, it forces you to hold the space because writing down verbatim notes, meaning word by word, it takes 100% concentration. And what that does mean is it puts all of your focus on them and you don't have the brain capacity to think about what you're going to sell them. Which is not important right now because you don't know what you're going to sell them. But that's the, that's the trick, right? Like how do you like, oh, they, we, I can solve that. I can solve that. I, I know that we can do that. And oh, this is a great opportunity. Oh, they've got money. 99% of salespeople will jump on the cheese. And in doing so, shut down millions of dollars in value and opportunity that's just around the corner, just a few questions away because they're unwilling to hold the space and find out all of the desired outcomes. Look, I've done this. I've done this so many times. It's like unbelievable. But there's also been times when I can distinctly remember it was one extra question or one extra moment of holding where that final desired outcome was revealed that was worth millions of dollars. Back in my aerospace days, I can think of one particular, one particular uh, occasion with a large aerospace supplier that had a major military project. And in the questioning process, we kept asking, and there was just one turn in the conversation that opened up a multi-million dollar contract, but it was at the end of the questioning. Had we stopped at what we knew we could do, which was midway through the questioning, we would have never found out the rest. But by holding the space, we were, we were able to uncover a $3 million multi-year contract. So, what are your desired outcomes? Once all that is exhausted, what are some of the obstacles that you see? That's the question. Open space now to see what's in the way of their desired outcomes. Well, this is in the way. Budget, money, time, my boss, our capacity, whatever they are. And the same process starts again. Same process starts again, and it's, in, it's no less important to hold the space. 
where you're getting them clear about what's exactly in the way and you're understanding what's in the way as well. Once you've exhausted all of the obstacles, then you move into, well, what's the cost? What's the cost of inaction? Like what happens if you don't do anything? Or what happens if things stay the same? What do you mean? Well, what happens if things stay as they are and nothing changes? Well, I would get fired. Okay. <laughs> Whatever their answers are, this is where you find out how motivated they are to actually move. And it also allows them to uncover exactly what the cost of not moving would be to them them personally or their company. And the same process applies. This would happen, this would happen, this would happen. Okay, so what you said was this would happen, this would happen, this would happen, and what else? Until those questions, those answers are exhausted. And then at that point in time, if there are other details that are important in terms of understanding more about where they are at today, then you can move into that set of questions. And then some of the other questions that I've found have been powerful is what other executives other than yourself would be influential on this type of project? That's where we find out who are the other parties and who else do we need to interview? I also ask, is this something that is budgeted or is this something you're trying to build a budget for? That's where you can get an idea of if this is where they are relative to their ability to access capital or funds and how you'll frame the following interactions. And then once, you've understand, once you understand who the other influential executives are, then the path is to work to schedule meetings with them as well and do the same interview. Now, what you'll find is at the end of this interview, if you have held the space and, and delivered a professional interview process where at the end of it, the person understands that they know you know their situation and that they are more clear than they were at the beginning of the call as a result of your questions and you holding space for them to find their own answers, they will see value in the conversation and you can tie back what you've presented in the phone call and what, you, what has happened in the phone call or the meeting back to what they said they would ideally like to get out of the meeting and show that you have delivered the outcome. And in doing so, buy yourself the ticket to the next interview. Best practice here is to take all of the notes, type them up very neatly, and send them within 24 hours and ask the interviewee if they have any feedback, corrections, or additional things they'd like to add to the notes from the meeting. Once that meeting is, once that, those meeting notes are sent, it's game over. Like it's game over in terms of making that connection and this client seeing you as set apart from probably most of what they're, what they're experiencing from anyone else. 
But this is all incumbent upon your ability to hold the space during questioning. And let's just face it, most salespeople are terrible at this because they're worried about what they're going to get, what they're going to sell, what, like, how they're going to hit their quota, all the things that are self-focused. And so it's incumbent upon you to develop the internal certainty in yourself to know that you can be still and just listen and go from not a lot of broadcast to just primarily receiving in the conversation. And in doing so, again, create a space for your prospect or your client or your family member or your wife where they can find some of their own answers and own awareness and own discovery of new possibilities. And in doing so, you have now provided a service to them. Even if they don't do any business with you, you've given them a gift of clarity. And there's no bigger gift that anyone can give another human being than the gift of clarity about where they are and what they want. And that's a gift that you can deliver on every single meeting. So right now in your business, are you approaching conversations as a, hey, I'm going to tell you what we're going to, what we have, and we're going to, we're going to go through our demo? Are you actually creating some space where the prospect, the person can find some of their own answers? And what are some of the questions that perhaps you use that might, you might reorganize based on what you learned here today? Because really it's just about helping people get clear. And sales ultimately is about helping. It's not about convincing. And so if you're selling from the heart instead of the head, and you're selling from a place of helping instead of convincing, you'll find that over time, your results will reflect this differentiated approach in the marketplace. I hope this has been useful to you. This is Brian Q. Davis signing off from the Sales Warrior Podcast. Thank you for your comments and feedback. I love it. It gives me so much fire to know that the message is resonating. And thank you again for tuning in. You're not alone out there. More to come. Come.